the gift that you may have received 29 years ago or the gift that you received yesterday, and whether it was good or bad, it does not compare to the gifts that are contained in this book, in the Word of God. And we're going to look at five of those gifts today. But before we do that, I'd like to take a quick poll, so don't raise your hand yet. But in Group A, those of you that are Group A, you are the ones that take the wrapping paper and you just rip it to shreds when you're opening your present, and then you roll it up and you throw it in the corner or wherever. And then in Group B are those of you that are the ones that meticulously unwrap the paper. I mean, you actually take the tape and you make sure it doesn't tear anything, and then you unfold it, and then you fold it back together, and everybody's waiting and waiting. And so those are the two groups. So how many of you are in group A? Raise your hand. All right, how many of you are in group B? There's a couple, good, good. But I, I felt like that was gonna be the case. There was only be a couple in that uh, category. But I can tell you that if um, you, let's see if the, I think I might have hit something wrong. Here we go, all right, here we go. If you receive this wrapping paper, I can guarantee you that you would not have ripped it up. You would have meticulously unwrapped it. So I did some investigation, and my investigation took me to the United Kingdom and to this company um, that is known as um, Arona, and it's for Arona Khan. And this is her wrapping paper, and it cost 20,000 euros, which is $22,557. So I imagine that if you received this wrapping paper, you wouldn't be tearing into it. You would be careful as you unwrapped it. And the closest wrapping paper that I could find that was comparable was a gold scroll wrapping paper that was valued at $471 a roll. I probably wouldn't be tearing into that wrapping paper either, but um, this is pretty expensive. In this book, the, good, the, the Word of God is wrap, wrapping paper for the gifts that we're gonna talk about today. And the gifts are incredible, and the wrapping paper, this Word of God is incredible. And when you can look at this uh, slide, this kind of gives you a comparison to how the Word of God compares to other books. And just like that wrapping paper, the Word of God is incredibly incomparable to any other book ever written. It's God-breathed. It's absolutely nothing compares. And why is that important? It's important because if we want to look at those gifts, we need to know that those gifts that we're going to look at today are true. And so we can be guaranteed those gifts are true. 
The first gift we're going to look at today is salvation. And you may ask the question, why do I need to be saved? And you may be surprised by my answer. My answer is, you don't. You don't need to be saved if you don't believe in God. You don't need to be saved if you don't believe that creation and all that is in it was created by God. The problem, though, with that position is that besides ignoring the obvious, there's no hope. There's no reason to exist. And we are seeing that right now in our culture today. There's an article just this month in the New York Times where the Surgeon General gives a warning that there is a youth mental health crisis in our nation. And the article goes on to say that the number of hospitalization visits have increased over 28% for anxiety, depression, and other related conditions, similar. And that was leading into the pandemic. And since the pandemic, it's only intensified. Unfortunately, that percentage correlates with the number of youth that are departing the church and then are not having a relationship with their creator. We shouldn't be surprised as a result. There is no other outcome possible but despair, loneliness, disconnect, and loss of meaning. The fact is that we were created to be in relationship with the creator of the universe. We were hotwired that way. At the end of the day, we cannot have fulfillment, hope, truth, or assurance outside of a relationship with God. The problem is, God is holy, and we are not. And because we are separated from God, we have this issue. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Three chapters later, it gives us the consequences. For the wages of sin is death. Therefore, we need saving. Otherwise, we will be continue to be separated from God, and we will not experience that relationship we were created to have and find meaning in our life now and forever. The good news is the gift of salvation is free. Romans 6.23 going on says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Why is it free? Because there's nothing we can do to earn it. Our righteousness is not righteous enough. And if our righteousness was righteous enough, we wouldn't need to be saved. In fact, we would be God. And if you're confused about that, just ask the person you came with today whether they think you're God. Probably you won't get a yes. 
We need to be covered with one who is righteous, with one who is perfect, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the gift of salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Jesus Christ died on the cross and took our unrighteousness upon him and counted his righteousness towards us so that we could have a relationship with the Holy God. Jesus Christ gave us that hope and gave us that opportunity to have that relationship. And I hope you'll consider that gift today if you've never received it. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you were made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Gift number two, freedom. We just got done with the series, The Seven Diddly Sins, right? Pride, envy, anger, greed, gluttony, lust, sloth. And we learned that they were all counterfeits. They promised us freedom, but in the end, it's slavery, it's bondage, it's addiction. Jesus says, and John, to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Jesus provides us freedom from sin and death by his death and resurrection. The Bible tells us that we were made alive in Christ and that we are seated with him. That is our position. Unfortunately, sometimes that's not our practice. Galatians 5.1 says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in the slavery to the law. See, the people that Paul was talking to in Galatia were in danger of going back to following all these regulations that put them in bondage that they could never accomplish in the first place. They were going back into slavery. And maybe we aren't in danger of going back to regulations, but we may be in danger of going back to trusting in our works. We may be going back to that familiar sin that keeps us in bondage and doesn't allow us to experience that freedom. And that's very important, and it's not something to take lightly because we've all probably experienced that, or we may be in the midst of it currently. There's a lot of self-shame and self-condemnation when you find yourself back in that bondage. And it doesn't help that there's an enemy that wants you to stay right there. 
In situations like that, I would recommend that we focus on not what the freedom from, but the freedom to that Christ offers. And Jesus Christ came not only to set us free from sin and death, but he also came to set us free to an abundant life, characterized by love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, self-control, gentleness. What greater gift could we receive? This freedom can't be taken away from us. No economy, no pandemic, no loss of job can take those things away from us. That's the good news. The bad news is that we can do it to ourselves. Uh, we sometimes receive the gift, and then we set it down, and we walk away when we're supposed to walk in it. Romans 8 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation in all for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. If you set that gift down and allow your mind to go back into that bondage, you're going to miss the freedom that Christ has for you. You need this. Don't set that gift down, but set your mind on it and walk in the Spirit. The third gift today that we can look at is joy. And when you're in a, whoops, when you're in a right relationship, with your creator, and when you are experienced freedom in your life, you will have joy. Not a conditional or emotional joy that comes and goes, but one that can and should be a characterization of you, no matter the circumstances. I know all of you have come across a person that no matter what time of day, no matter what situation they find themselves in, no matter how cloudy the day is, there's a joy that permeates them, and you sit back and you say, is that person for real? Yeah, they're for real. Some of us, our critical spirit gets in the way of us sharing that joy. John 15, 9 through 11 says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Where is this source of joy come from, according to Scripture? It comes from Christ. Without the source, there's no way you're going to be able to possess it. Period. It's impossible. We connect when we abide in the love of Christ. The gift of joy comes out of receiving Christ's love for you. 
It doesn't come out of condemning yourself and others for how sinful they are. You know, the Apostle Paul called himself the greatest of all sinners. And the paradox is, is it was because of that, not because he was such a great guy, that he had great joy. You see, Paul understood the truth that Christ's love is greater than all of his sin and shame. How great is your sin and shame? I can guarantee you that Christ's love is greater. And the more that we understand that love for us, the more our lives will be filled with joy. Fourth gift, purpose. Well, without a relationship with your Creator, what are you really doing here? Taking up space? Waiting to return to dust? Trying to find as much pleasure as you can as long as you exist? I love the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, chapter 3, verse 19, it says, For the fate of the sons of men and the fate of beasts is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. Indeed, all have the same breath. All is vanity. Purpose is a gift because it brings meaning to our lives. The author of Ecclesiastes ends the book in conclusion by saying, that's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. In another translation, it's fear God and keep his commandments, because this applies to every person. What did Jesus say was the greatest commandment? To love God and ourselves? Not quite, although our society tells us to love ourselves a lot, lot, lot. But it's to love God and love others as ourselves. We are to love others. We are to serve others. Philippians 2.4 says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Acts 20.35 says, You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I love, I absolutely love the scripture that goes after that famous uh, verse in Ephesians about the gift of God is free and the gift of salvation is free. And it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared hand, beforehand that we should walk in them. Our purpose was prepared a long time ago. In the very chapter after Paul says this, he explains that Christ has given us all gifts, and those gifts were created for us to be involved with works of service to help others and to build up the body of Christ to attain to the fullness of faith. Sounds to me a lot like 
helping others pursue God. You have been given a gift, a gift of purpose to serve others. The fifth gift is eternity. Revelations 21, 1 through 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. That was God's plan from the beginning, for us to forever be in relationship with him. And I'd like to just make one point about eternity. It's not about life insurance. If your interest in receiving Christ is so that you can have eternity and live in a mansion, I think you're going to be a little disappointed in heaven. Because it's not about you. Paul says, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. It's all about Christ and his relationship with him. Paul goes on and says, For now we know in part, and then we will know fully, just as we have been fully known. The gift of eternity is the gift of being in perfect relationship with your creator, to fully know him. That is eternity. Let me ask you one uh, final question. Uh, this morning. If you were able to afford that wrapping paper that was worth 20,000 euros, and you had a gift that you could put in it, who would you give it to? It'd probably be somebody very, very special, wouldn't it? Well, you are very, very special to your Creator. He loves you beyond all you can understand or comprehend. And He's wrapped you a present and given you gifts that you can't get anywhere else. And I would hope that today you would consider those gifts and that you would consider receiving them. I'd like to um, take 90 seconds for you to uh, 
reflect on that. We're going to listen to this song for 90 seconds because I think it expresses exactly what we're talking about today. So I'd like you to just take a moment and bow. And if you're here today and you want that relationship with your Creator and that gift that He's given you, I'd like you just to slip up your hand in recognition that you desire to receive that today. And slip it up and slip it down. If you have a relationship with God, but you desire to have freedom, and you find yourself in bondage, I'd like you to slip your hand up asking for that freedom today to receive it. And if you're here and you lack joy in your life, you find that you've lost it. Maybe you have a critical spirit. I'd like you to raise your hand and receive the gift of joy. And if you want purpose in your life, if you feel that God is calling you this year to serve others, I'd like you to slip up your hand and receive the gift of service. And if you want to know God fully 
and be in relationship with him for all eternity, I'd like you to slip up your hands and receive the gift of eternity. Father, in the name of Jesus, and by the same power that raised him from the dead, may each of these gifts be bestowed on the one who has reached out to receive it today. We ask that you transform us with the gifts that you've given us in your precious word. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name.